What's up, fam? This is the Good Jeans Podcast with yours truly, Caleb, along with my fellow hostess, Mia and Mel. We are here today with our very special guest, Miss Arzu Jacob. Want to say hello, Arzu? Hey. And today we're on another trip abroad to the remarkable country of India. Um, so, what's been going on, guys? Not too much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, last week was stressful. This yeah. week was stressful. Nothing new. Yeah, <laughs> same. Yeah. I'm drowning. Yeah. Well, um, let's dive right into it. Yeah. Um, you want me to take the floor, Mel, or you want to go for it? Uh, let's just go for it. <laughs> All right. So, uh, just like we started last week in Brazil with the history, we're gonna do the same with India. And um, I found that it's quite different from Brazil. The people, they're flaunted their bodies and style, while in India, women don't really want to see be seen as disrespectful, so they cover up. Um, but it wasn't always like that. So different researchers um, took from like sculptures and uh, other things, and it kind of leads us to believe that Indians dress for comfort and convenience. And it's important to notice the difference between southern India and northern India um, because there's a lot of different fashion and, and things like that in those different parts where the southern um, and eastern and western combined and they took on the western culture of dress whereas northern kind of stayed um, traditional. Um, so early on even in colonial times, men would only wear fabric on the lower half of their bodies, and this is called dhotis. And even in the northern part, some northern parts of India, you can still find men with these dhotis on. And women would cover up, but not in the way we perceive modesty, um, but they would still be pretty uh, open about everything just because of the weather and the climate there, because it's so hot, and that's why they didn't wear much clothing. Um, and then I also found out that in 15th century, Muslim and Hindu religion influenced women's wear quite a bit. Um, and it was the Muslim women normally covered themselves and wore divided garments. And then these outfits gave way to garments like salwar kameez, which is virtually seen as a national dress in India today. Um, oh, salwar kameez. Yeah. That's an exotic salwar word there. I know. It is. It is. <laughs> We asked Arzu about all the language that we were going to use. We have in a little lessons, Hindu lessons today. Yeah. But um, I also found that, so blouses and petticoats, both English words, um, came into the Indian vocabulary in the Victorian era. And shirts also came to be worn under the sari as part of high fashion. And um, it was these British innovations were are now considered traditional garments. Um yeah, so I just thought that was interesting because it, you know, now it's evolved and there's a more more to wear, um, and there's different parts of clothing, but it's kind of all based around the sari. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, um, in different states of India, wherever you go, like their their outfits, depending on where they're from and like um, what class they're in, mm -hmm. they wear different things. So, um, I mean, Arzu was telling us a little bit about that before. So, you want me to tell them? Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, what a sari! It looks like it's just a long piece of fabric. For people who don't know what it is, um, just a very, very, very long piece of fabric with prints or sequins, beading, 
glitter, different materials like chiffon, cotton, silk, uh, georgette, and it for different types of weathers, occasions. Um, and it's wrapped around the woman's body with a blouse, which um, for a modest country covers just the chestal area. <laughs> it is short, so you can see your right. waist. Right. So the woman's waist is visible. Um, and then underneath the sari goes a petticoat, which is like a skirt, a plain skirt. Um, so the sari is not see-through if it's a, like a lighter material. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much what a sari is. And it's really complicated to wear unless mm-hmm. you're like, you've been wearing your foot about like 20 years of your life. And then you take like, my grandma takes tops 10 minutes. I've timed her sometimes and it takes her 12 minutes minimum to dress in a sari and that's then she crazy. does this every day like twice a day wow yeah um when i was looking up the industry for um, the fashion in india um it was actually that the saris are the ones like the type of like apparel that's sold more um than anything uh, apart from like the kurtas and the denim um because with the sari, it's the highest selling fashion apparel mm-hmm. and it blows everything out of the water by a large margin mm-hmm. and continues to grow at an 8.8% um, wow. there. Um, you could actually um, like purchase it with like a great um, uh, margin percentage there than anything else. Um, it's actually like, it's actually great um, because it's uh, made and manufactured in India and India being one of the largest exporters of textiles and clothes, um, along with many other foreign countries, they set up their manufacturing unit there um, um, with, you know, big brand names such as like Gap and mm. Tommy Hilfiger because of the cheap labor. Mm. But they're able to like um, produce such a high, uh, a high like um, number of like goods for like their products to be sold. So. Yeah, um, it's it's really interesting of how like um, India as a whole is is just like this great um, this great market for like clothing and um, for what they're um, producing for fashion and apparel and what's what's weaved into their um, fashion because mm-hmm. they have their um, they have their fashion. Uh, designers who are very famous. Um, I don't know if you know them, Arzu. Mm-hmm. I'm just named like a, like three of them. Um, Ritu Verma, Rohit Ball, and Manish Maholtra. Yeah, yeah. Um, their designs draw from Indian traditions and play an important part in uh, showcasing culture into the world. Now, when they're uh, when they're involved um, with making the apparel, they're actually like going back to like you know how things were back then when they were coming up mm-hmm. in india and they just they just kind of like put like a little bit of like their own flavor into it so it's it's really just interesting just how like how things are and you know what what influenced um india as a whole with their um like proud culture and weaving that into their own like yeah. fashion mm-hmm. as a whole Absolutely. It's uh, it's crazy because I mean here in America we get everything like manufactured through factories and stuff like that, or we get stuff brought in from other countries. But in India, um, a lot of people make yeah. the saris and mm. the traditional clothing. Yeah, that, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. So I mean that 
that's 10 times like more expensive than anything oh, we buy like Oof, you were saying um earlier your mom's saris cost almost two hundred dollars and that's from the cheaper end yeah of getting end. them and that's like a regular tux all, yeah <laughs> and they're all handmade so i mean yeah you can probably get some that look similar to each other but they're all different oh absolutely they everything is woven differently um and since they're different states they have different styles of saris they are handmade in different styles. Like there's block print, so they have to chisel their own blocks, and then it takes oh hours my. to do just one sari. So the kind of saris that my mom ends up wearing is like a southern design. It's plain. It's plain, hundred percent silk with a gold border, mm-hmm. and that gold is kind of the real gold, and it's just really expensive. And it's beautiful, but it's just really expensive. Yeah. Um, and also before, like when we were talking about weddings, you said that. It's a seven-day celebration? So, yeah, so um, a normal wedding, wow. a Hindu wedding, could go anywhere between seven days to ten days to, like, a month of celebration. And oh so every day, the bride has to wear something different and something new. And it's a, and it's different colors and different styles. But whatever she wears on the, bre- the wedding day has to top everything else. And then, so that's about like a thousand dollars of dresses, like for dress for the wedding day, plus like two thousand dollars worth of gold or jewelry on her, besides what she's gonna be gifted or what she's gonna be getting. So that's just like a lot, and those are heavy, because they're just yeah. embroidered and they have yeah. metal on them, and um, some of them have like small pieces of mirrors, and so it's just really shiny and heavy like the wow. material that you use i think i might get married in india <laughs> <laughs> seven days yeah we Being only have man, one chance the gifts, <laughs> you know, but the gifts you get the gifts you get clothing yeah. a house a car pff, yes find, your, wow. find yourself a round girl and then did you hear that parents in law to be <laughs> we're looking for cars houses <laughs> gold <laughs> and to like wear like better stuff than you did the day before for seven days yeah come on yeah if see that's like a small family like you know if you're a middle class family seven days if you're rich a month of celebration a no month. big deal wow. no big deal yeah and like wow. two thousand people yeah. at your wedding that's yeah. not a big yeah, deal. yeah next year's the honeymoon like all year the honeymoon. <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> um so can you explain a little bit about um like piercings and jewelry wise and like your different statuses yes so okay so how the jewelry works in india is every different caste has a they have their own type of jewelry they have their own design of jewelry and jewelry for every occasion so first of all if it's somebody died there's no jewelry just plain white clothing but besides that if you're um attending like if you're going to the temple you have to wear a certain kind of jewelry a certain amount of jewelry a certain weight of jewelry if we're going to somebody's wedding it's another design of jewelry um different types of gold we so we have like here we have rose gold we have pure gold and we have silver gold and just different types of gold so you wear different types of gold for different types of occasions then you have the festivals in india which you wear a completely different attire um and you wore wear the most gold for the weddings and mm. festivals. Wow. So if you have piercings, people generally don't get pierced in India. It's more, um, girls get ear piercings, and if you're a guy, 
you get your piercings only if you're part part of the royal caste system or part of the royal caste and if you're not you're just trying too hard or you're trying to fit in so mm -hmm. if you're not part of the royal caste do not get piercings and for the girls if they're getting married they get nose piercings like hannah they get nose piercings just occasionally and um i'm trying to think and okay so where i come from in my state in the villages if you have a nose piercing or rural parts of any of the villages in india it can come up as like if you're a prostitute mm -hmm. you have nose piercings so girls if you're going to india do not get nose piercings or Yikes. chains out from your hoops yeah <laughs> yeah and and don't wear big earrings if you're going to the villages in india you don't want that kind of attention hmm. Hmm. now back to um just to like bring us back to like um everything in um, the fashion now the uh the current size of the industry of the fashion industry there um has a worth of indian rupees with a crore right that's mm -hmm. how you say crore yeah of a thousand mm -hmm. in india which um to like explain all that like um like the indian rupees is now like um the money worth in India um, and to exchange that for goods with US dollars a thousand crore would sum up to 10 billion uh, US dollars altogether oh, no 10 billion rupees 10 billion rupees so that would be rupees. like 6500,000 yeah 65 billion dollars wow does that make sense so one crore thousand crore is converted to U.S. denomination would be 10 billion rupees. Hmm. Okay. And 10 Which billion rupees into 65. It's, yeah. It's much more. It's a much 65 more. billion dollar industry. Wow. U.S. dollar industry. Yeah. yeah. That's well, crazy. Is there something more than billion zillion? I feel like it would be like 65 zillion. I'm not sure. I don't do well, math. I have no idea. So, yeah, it's, it's in the billions. It's in the billions. Well, I'm, I'm yeah. pretty sure it might be trillion because... Trillion. There, trillion. Yeah. Try. <laughs> zillion. Yeah. Trillion. Yeah. Trillion. Yeah. Trillion. Let's just go all the We're way. We're all moving okay. to India. <laughs> so yeah, like trillions. We probably play play in billions and trillions. And um, with that, um, you know, the market size is just ridiculous um, for clothing and footwear. The industry uh, sums up of six hundred no sixty eight billion dollars altogether. Mm -hmm. um, that's just with the clothing and footwear. Wow. For the textile industry, um, you're looking at 108, 108 billion, wow. and the fashion industry, for the employment rate, well, not employment rate, but like, to employ people is 60 million, wow, and the labor force is 497 million. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Let's bring so, that back to Brazil too. Was like what a 64 billion dollar industry. Yeah, and we're talking now over a, like 100 billion dollar industry yeah over 100 yeah. so like and we can tell from even talking about the saris and then like brazil you have i mean it's a booming industry now yeah, but now. you had like bikinis and flip-flops and we're talking like $500 for one piece of clothing but yeah, that's yeah. their major seller you know yeah. compared to little skimpy bikinis it's, <laughs> yeah. like you can tell the difference it's crazy and like the fact that they have different saris for different occasions right, and days right. and exactly oh, it's, it's ridiculous yeah uh, it's pretty but it's yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it's because everything's handmade mm -hmm. which is 
really cool, but we gotta have that money. Yeah, and I, th- I think the manufacturing industry is taking is taking a big leap in India because it's so expensive to hand make everything. Mm-hmm. The manufacturing industry is coming, it's becoming big, mm-hmm. but it's gonna be a while. Yeah, and India is still growing. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just got out of like the phase of like being like infant and just within like their own country. Mm-hmm. This is like now like expanding. Right. We're globalizing like, inter- it. Right. Internationally, yeah. So like they're gonna just blow Brazil yeah. out of the water right. by the time like they pick up like tremendously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Y'all better watch out for India. <laughs> for India, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I swear, like, we can take over the world. The amount of people we have, and that's just, like, 1.3 billion people in India. Can you, like, just imagining the people outside of India? Right. We can take over the world if mm-hmm. we try. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed Flying with us to India. Yeah. Thank Thanks you, so Arjun. much, Arzul. Yeah, yeah no, yes. thank you for having thank me, guys. So it was much. great. Yeah. It's a good conversation. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> thank glad, you. Like, you got, like, the facts, like, facts. facts. Right. And we yeah. Knew, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and you knew most of the things that we were talking about. Right. So it wasn't like there was any, like, like, you know, miscommunication here or, like, you know, misleading information. Right. Right. And it was just great to get your perspective mm-hmm. on things mm-hmm. and, like, how that relates to you know, how you came up in India and, like, what you know right? Yeah. from, you know, coming up there. So, thank you. Oh, thank again. you for having me, guys. This is great. So, do we have another place that we're thinking of? Oh, Are we flying to uh, Nia's homeland? Oh, yeah, next I time. mean, we can go to Cyprus next time, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. It might be easier to do Greece, because... You know, I mean, they're similar, mm-hmm. but uh, I think Greece might be the better option. Yeah. But maybe we can tune in with my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I guess you're just going to have to come back and see where we land. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Take care. This is the Good Jeans Podcast. Woo! <laughs>